0: It's the Adam Ritz Show a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz.
1: All right, the Adam Ritz Show coming to you from the campus of Southern Illinois University, we are broadcasting live in front of this live studio audience. All right, that's fantastic. We are here today to award one of your fellow students here in the room. We are proud to be a part of the Caught in the Act awards. And what that is is uh, you've been caught in the act, having high character. Uh, off the field, outside of the classroom. Um, You are a leader uh, among your fellow classmates, and we talked to some of your administrators on campus, had some nominations, and then they voted, and the winner of today's Caught in the Act Award is Kelsey Ashton. Kelsey, are you here? Come on down. Is she in the room? Right there? All right, Kelsey, how are you? Good. Did you? Uh, are you you seem a little shocked to be recognized for your high character off the court. I am. You are. You shouldn't be shocked. You you know you have high character, right? No. You don't. Okay. Well, you've been nominated and voted on. You've won this award for uh, what you do. Uh, I guess off the field or out of the classroom. What do you? What are you on a team here?
2: Yeah, the softball team.
1: Softball team and what position? Third base. Third base and so. Uh, well, first of all, how how are the athletics going? Good. Team's good. <laughs> yeah. And scale of one to 10, how great is this team?
2: 100. Yeah, how about that?
1: OK, so now your character. Uh, you've been caught in the act, not doing anything bad, but doing good things. You've been caught in the act, your community service. I hear you're part of SAC, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Let's talk about leadership. OK. OK, what, what is leadership to you?
2: Um, oh, my goodness.
1: Public speaking is not part of leadership, apparently. No. Uh, <laughs> no, that's OK.
2: Um, Leadership is, um, the first word that I think of is integrity, so doing the right thing when others aren't watching. So that means for your team when you're playing or off the field, so in the classroom, everything else, just being somebody that people look up to.
1: Now that is an answer. Let's have a round of applause for Kelsey Ashton. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Thank you. All right. And uh, for everybody here in Carbondale, Illinois, at Southern Illinois University, let's give yourselves one more round of applause.
0: Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically.
1: I'm Adam Ritz, and we can't thank you enough for joining us on this broadcast. The Adam Ritz Show continues in New Jersey. I'm on the campus of Monmouth University, and we are joined by head football coach Kevin Callahan. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good, Adam. Fantastic to to be in this beautiful part of the country, and we are here to talk about leadership. And as a head football coach with college football players, uh, you can't play college football without being a leader. Um, Your unique perspective on leadership uh, and how I guess it affects uh, every day in your life across your desk and uh, even at home and and with your family. Uh, What is your take on the term leadership?
3: Well, you know, we, we spend a lot of time talking with our players about leadership and what it takes to be a good leader. As a matter of fact, we have an entire process for selecting captains and team leaders. It's really about a four-month process that the individuals have to go through. And what we're trying to, to get out of that is we're trying to to not only uh, find the people that are going to be out in front of our team, but we're also trying to educate them on the on the ingredients of good leadership. And, you know, it all starts with trust, responsibility – accountability. And I try to go to great lengths to explain to our guys exactly what those terms mean. And we spend an awful lot of time talking to our team about teammates taking care of teammates and in my mind everyone on our team is a leader they're a leader within their position they're a leader on their side of the ball they're a leader of their weightlifting group and and leaders have to put themselves they have to have courage they have to have great character they have to put themselves front and center because they're the guys that, that that people are going to look to and when people look at you is what I tell our guys when people look at you what are they going to see Are they seeing the type of person uh, that's going to be unselfish? Are they seeing the type of person that's going to do what's right and make good decisions even when no one else is around and no one else is watching? Are they the type of person that's going to have courage in in adverse situations? Are they the type of person that's going to make those around them want to make good decisions? And and these are the type of things that I try to instill in every member of our team. So I'm pretty fired up right now.
1: I mean, that was a, a motiv- that was a little mini pregame motivational speech. I'm ready to play for you, Coach. Uh, do your leaders? Does that I guess energy and motivation that we just experienced out of your mouth? Do the, does the, do the leaders on your team absorb that from you and and uh, I guess re-admit that to the younger guys, the the freshmen on the team?
3: Well, I, I certainly hope so because you know. In in college athletics and college coaching in particular is all about educating. It's all about developing the person, developing the young man. And when a young man comes into our program, I want him to be a better person when he leaves after four or five years and I want to have helped him get to that destination that he has in mind for himself. He may not know what shape it's going to take, he may not know all the details about it, but he knows when he enters our program he wants to be someplace four or five years down the line and we're going to help him get there and part of helping him get there is helping him to develop his own personality and and develop who he is and we're going to try to touch all the, the buttons and make sure that he's doing that. We're on the campus of Monmouth
1: University. It's head coach Kevin Callahan with the football team, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. We're talking leadership, uh, and you were telling me earlier you've been here 20-plus years? 21 years, yes. 21 years. Okay, let's have a case study um, under the category leadership of a guy maybe 10 years ago on your team, incredible leader. You knew he was going to do great things. Now 10 years later... He's 32 years old or so. What is he doing? Give us an example. He doesn't even know you're going to talk about it right now. He's going to be on the radio right now. He doesn't even know it. I'm putting you on the spot. Who is he? He's Joe uh,
3: that That's a name that comes very easily for me. Uh, Joe was a, not only a terrific player here, he was a three-time team captain. And he wasn't a team captain because his teammates just elected him. He was, a t- he was a team captain because he was the epitome of a college student athlete. He was as tough as they come on the football field. As I mentioned, he was a two-time All-American. Uh, he was a good student. But he was there for every member of our team. If there was trouble brewing, or he sensed that trouble was brewing, you know, he would go. He would get involved and make sure that that things worked out right. If there we had an issue with that team, I would talk to him. I would say, Joe. He says, Coach, don't worry about it. I have it. Uh, today, he's uh, in the, in the medical industry. He's working for in an area of spinal surgery, um, and uh, he, he's just an outstanding young man. He's not a young man anymore. He's an outstanding man. And you're, there's no surprise on from your end that he's doing so. So well. Not at all. I, I I
1: think I could tell that day one. All right, and it's, and it's Joe Sinatol? Sent, sent to Paul. Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna look him up and try to find him on Twitter and, and say, Hey, you're on the radio, man. Look, <laughs> look him up. Uh, he, he's a great young man. Great man. Coach Kevin Callahan, Monmouth University. You also have a, a unique perspective on uh, another social topic that we like to talk about on this radio show,
3: and that is cancer. Uh, you are a cancer survivor. I am. Uh, 13 years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, colorectal cancer. Uh, it was something that came completely out of the blue for me. Um, it was a uh, just a, a, a by-chance physical where I, I said, you know, well, I, I should probably get checked. And, uh... Uh, Unfortunately, I got some very bad news after that. I went for a colonoscopy, and the doctor basically told me right after the end of the colonoscopy that I had a a malignant tumor. I went through a series of chemotherapy, radiation, Uh, then I had a a resection, a surgery resection, resection surgery, I guess it's called, and then followed that up with about seven months more of chemotherapy, and, uh, you know, I, I have a special place in my heart, um, you know, for anybody who's suffering from cancer or has a family member suffering from cancer, but fortunately. You know, I, I had the best coaching staff, the best teammates working with me that anybody could ever find, and and the the, the medical professionals that deal in cancer, and not only the surgeon but the nurses in particular, um, they are the real pros. I mean, they know what they're doing, and I was fortunate to be close to New York City and uh, was treated up there and at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital, and uh, had never been around such a more professional group, and uh, I owe my life to those people.
1: And as a cancer survivor now. In addition to being a head coach, there's a platform here, head coach in college football. There's a lot of people that look look toward you, and you, when you speak, you talk, people listen.
3: So you, uh, you're a keynote speaker at a lot of cancer awareness events and stuff like that. I, I try to get out and talk as, as much as I can. I, I probably don't do it as much as I should. Um, but it, but it, there's a couple of functions that I attend every year uh, locally here in Monmouth County. We have the uh, uh, Lombardi Awards Dinner, which is sponsored by the Rotary Clubs, but all the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society, and they go to help families. Uh, the, the funds go to help families in this local area who have a, a family member that's uh, uh, suffering from cancer and maybe needs assistance with treatment. Uh, so I'm very glad to help out and do what I can. So the message here is... Get checked and get checked early. I mean, your your life was saved
1: because you they found the tumor and the cancer through just a physical that you took. If had you not gone gone to the doctor that day, who
3: knows? That that's absolutely true. And uh, you know, I immediately told everyone in my family. I'm from a large family, eleven children, seven brothers, and I told all of my brothers and sisters to uh, get checked immediately. I tell my assistant coaches now. You know, don't wait till you're 50. Don't wait till you're 55. Do it now and get out. Get get ahead in this game.
1: All right. Well. Great messages and inspiration from Kevin Callahan, the head coach at Monmouth University. We can't thank you enough for your hospitality. This is a beautiful university, and we wish you the
3: best of uh, luck through, uh, through the season and the rest of your career. Adam, thank you so much. We've, we've really enjoyed having you with us, and I appreciate your time here on the show. This is Anthony Costanzo, and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show.
1: We love catching up with former professional athletes on this broadcast. We talk a lot about fellowship and faith and service and community service and philanthropy. And we like to bridge the gap between those topics and um, professional athletes. And now we're joined by somebody that can absolutely bridge those topics for us, Mark Thomas. Hi, thank you for joining us today, Mark.
4: Good, good to be here. I appreciate you having me. Former
1: NFL star with uh, the Indianapolis Colts. What other teams did you play with?
4: I played for the San Francisco 49ers. They drafted me in 1992. From there, I went to uh, the Carolina Panthers. The first two years they were in existence, that was great. And then Chicago Bears, and then I finished up in 2001 here in Indianapolis. Oh my gosh, so
1: so you barely played in Indianapolis with the Colts. The only team I remembered you from was was your least uh, <laughs> tenured team.
4: Yeah, well, I was here for three years and then I was in San Francisco for three years and then two each with Carolina and Chicago.
1: Out of uh, North Carolina State, right? Correct the wolf pack the wolf pack and we love the Wolf pack because of the Jim Valvano yeah. connection with uh, the Jimmy V Foundation but uh, you know what just real quick about Jimmy V uh, what was that like going to North Carolina State what, what year were you there when they started the the Jimmy V Foundation or
4: I you know what I was there when I first got to North Carolina State I got there in 1987 and that was right toward the end of Jimmy V's career. And so, yeah, he was an amazing guy. Had a few opportunities to meet him there when uh, we were in the Chow Hall, and got to see him. And uh, great coach, obviously, uh, what his foundation's doing, and just the kind of man he was, and. Uh, the legacy he left behind at NC State was great, but I didn't, I didn't get a whole lot of time in them, and I really hadn't heard of NC State until I went there, <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> enough. But, From uh, where? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Atlanta, just outside okay. Atlanta in a suburb, uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia, and didn't really know NC State existed until they started recruiting me uh, out of high school, but loved my experience there, and it, and it got me where I needed to be in the NFL.
1: And how many years in the, in the NFL? Ten, 10 years total. That's fantastic. A 10 year veteran of the National Football League. And now, uh, I find this fascinating. You are um, the instigator, the originator, the founder, the founding pastor of, of a church, your own church. Am I saying, is this the right description?
4: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I was part of I was one of a few guys who who was the founding members of the church we started back in 2003 and I came on staff originally fr- from the beginning I've been here uh, as a pastor on staff from the very beginning and uh, it's been fanta- fantastic fantastic okay. and uh you know I was fortunate to win a Super Bowl when I was with San Francisco and I have to say that that what I get to do now is probably as exciting as winning a Super Bowl.
1: So it's um I mean, we're actually in the uh, auditorium, I suppose you'd yes. call it, where you actually have service on Sundays. This is called the Church for the Nations. And just real quick, is there a digital property, churchforthenations.org, or can our listeners look this up?
4: Sure. You can go to CFTN, which is for Church for the Nations, com. That's our website.
1: And... It's just—it's fascinating to me that a guy that played 10 years in the NFL would, uh, and I'm sure it wasn't this easy, but in my head, I'm thinking, okay, you're playing football one day, and then you wake up the next day and say, you know what, I'm going to start a church. Uh, did I simplify that, or how did this happen?
4: Well, you know, it, it, it's not overly simplified. I, toward the end of my career, I started thinking about, you know, what am I going to do post-career? And, and I think one of the things about athletes is athletes never see the end coming, and in this business, it's one day you're an athlete, the next day you're not. Um, there's no real preparation for the end. Uh, and toward the end of my career, uh, I started thinking, what do I really want to do? And one of the things I felt called to was the ministry. And actually, originally when I retired, I went to work with an athletic ministry uh, based out of Austin, Texas. Didn't know originally that I would end up being a pastor in a local church. It wasn't until uh, my first year out, I'd spent a year Uh, in the athletic ministry and actually traveled back to Indianapolis to do a a few Bible studies that I realized, you know, my heartbeat and my passion really was with the local church, not solely with athletes, surprisingly enough, even though I used to be one. And so after being out of football for a year, um, we decided that the Bible study that had begun when I was on the team here in Indianapolis, it had gotten up to around 40 or 50 people. And our heart was originally to see a church planted in Indianapolis. And so when that talk started again, I just really realized that I felt like the Lord had called me and prepared me that this is where he wanted me and that I was supposed to come back to be an integral part of beginning the church. And here we are almost 10 years later, uh, and it's still going.
1: And, you know, when I look at this building and look at what... uh... We have here with, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a, for our listeners, I just want to really quickly describe the the stage. I don't know if, if that's, if I can call it that, uh, the altar, I, the platform, uh, the, platform uh, the riser, there's a full drum kit, the keyboards, I'm sure there's some great music here on Sundays, and um, I think about, you know, what it would take to manage this. I mean, you have to have uh, some business acumen as well. I mean, this stuff isn't, it's, somebody's got to pay for this, so you you're, Running a small business, and you are the lead pastor of a church i mean that 's pretty fascinating
4: yeah and it 's a lot of fun you know the the interesting thing about the church world is you 're working primarily with volunteers uh, it 's one thing to have an employee it 's another thing to have to uh, gather together a group of volunteers that really are doing things because they they love what they do. They have vision for what, what you've put before them, and you can get people excited about that vision because it's just difficult to work with volunteers and get things done consistently when you're basically working with an all-volunteer basis. And that's the great thing about it, though, that I love is that I, I get to kind of share my heart on what... Uh, we feel like the Lord has called us to do as a, as a local church. And then the, we get to try to inspire people uh, to that vision and to see that as exciting. And, and yes, there is a managerial side and, and leading the staff and leading the ministry teams. And I will say that that's probably one of the areas that uh, coming out of a football background was, uh, I will say, fun and a real stretch for me uh, in my own leadership and learning how do you lead people? Um, it's one thing to lead yourself, but how do you lead people and lead people well, lead people effectively, and lead people righteously? And and, and it's been a great 10-year experience. I know I uh, made a lot of mistakes early on, but I've, I've been surrounded by some great people, studied a lot of great uh, leaders, I love John Maxwell, love his leadership stuff. Um, but it's exciting, it's fun, and it's really exciting when you get to do it with a group of people that you really love.
1: Mark Thomas is our guest, 10-year veteran of the NFL and now founding member and pastor at Church of the Nations um, Church. And um, I wanted to ask you, when you started this church, why not um, just become a member of an already existing church? Why start from scratch to build something brand new?
4: Well, I think there's a couple of reasons I think number 1 God begins to to plant a vision in your heart for what he's called you to and you know there's a lot of fantastic churches in the city of Indianapolis and and one of the things that we felt very strongly was that the Lord had called me specifically and us the team that came originally that started the church in 2003 to to just a unique perspective and 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 Kind of just we all, all the churches in, in this city just have a different call, a different feeling, a different flavor, a different part to play in the in the greater body of Christ, and and really felt very strongly that the Lord had a unique um, part that we were to play, and it's just a part. We're just a part of the whole. Um, we're not better. We're just different. Um, and so the Lord just began to put the seed of that vision in our hearts and. And we felt very strongly that it, we weren't going to be able to go into an existing church and try to that already has a leadership, that already has a vision, that already has a call, that already has a direction, that really what the Lord was asking us to do was to see something birthed that the city didn't have and to do something just different because he wanted to just bring another aspect of the kingdom of God into the city of Indianapolis. And so that's been our heart, and that's why we started from the beginning. So uh, we could plant something that we felt like the Lord could, could do something through to be a blessing in the city, and that we could partner with some of the churches here uh, in the city to, to do something great.
1: When you preach, does it ever come out, you know, you, you were a defensive end in the NFL, does that come out? You know, when it's fourth down, and the Lord is on your side, I mean, <laughs> do, you, do you wear shoulder pads <laughs> when you're speaking?
4: You know, it's, fun- it's funny. There there are definite moments that I, I use the football analogies. I mean, that that was such a big part of my life. I mean, I retired, uh, I think I was 33 when I retired, so I had almost 25, 26 years of being an athlete. I mean, it's so part of who I am and who I was that, that there's no way that I can get up and, and preach the word and share for my own life and that not be interwoven into it. I, I don't try to overdo it because... Yeah. I think it can be overdone, and not everybody can relate to the to being an athlete. But there are there are moments where I, I bring it in. Uh, you know, one thing about Jesus that I loved is Jesus basically taught through parables. He taught through real life examples, and that's a real life example that many times you can take the truth of the word and you just wrap it in flesh. You paint a picture for people, and it helps. And and it helps also get people kind of into my heart. And, and when I share, and I try to be vulnerable, and I try to share from my own struggles, my own life experiences, and that is a part of who I am. Um, and I can't shy away from that, but I just try to keep it in balance and try not to overdo it so people are like, okay, enough of the football stories. <laughs>
1: well, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. I have to admit, at my church, the pastors never uh, sacked Brett Favre. Uh, have have you sacked Brett Favre?
4: You know I've actually <laughs> sa- I have have actually sacked him. I've <laughs> I've been able to smack him around a little. I remember one of my favorite hits against him was when I played with the Carolina Panthers. It was the year they went to the Super Bowl, it was the NFC Championship game. I believe it was minus 32 wind chill. It was brutally cold. And I had a great hit on him and I was bummed. we ended up Losing that game, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. But here we are in our second year of existence, one game from the Super Bowl, and that was uh, just two years after I'd already been to the Super Bowl, so I was really excited. But yeah, I had several opportunities to hit Brett, uh, playing for Chicago Bears, playing those guys twice a year. Uh, I had a lot of respect for him, but it felt really. There's a few guys in my career that felt good to sack. He was one of them. Dan Marino was another one. I, I like taking him down too. <laughs>
1: So this might be the next sermon here at the church, the, the, the Dan Marino speech.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can think of, uh, of several uh, interesting things that happened in a 10-year career, the things I've heard, the things I've seen. I, do, I, I have enough preaching material for a year with what I went through. There's no doubt about it.
1: Mark Thomas is our guest, uh, 10 years in the NFL, college football, defensive end from North Carolina State, and now uh, a preacher. With uh, the Church for the Nations, and it's cftn. I'm sorry, cftnindy. dot com, correct? Or dot org. dot com. dot com. What is uh, next for the church? Um, I assume you grow. I assume you know. What is that outreach? How do, how do you get new members? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, you know,
4: that's always the million dollar question. I, I think that. My focus and our focus as as a as a congregation and as a leadership, our our primary goal is not to grow. Healthy things grow. Our goal is to be healthy, to to produce healthy, wholehearted followers of Christ. And we believe with all of our hearts, when people meet Jesus, when they know who he is in their life, when they understand what they've been saved from, when they understand all that God has done for them in Christ and who they are in Christ, when they understand their identity, the byproduct of a healthy, vibrant, dynamic, real, ongoing relationship with Jesus is you want to tell people about this Jesus. Um, That will help the church grow because when you're healthy and when, you're, when you have that kind of relationship, you tell people that don't have that relationship about this Jesus. And when that happens and people then learn about Jesus, the natural next step, because we believe in being in the local church. Part of people's growth is being in a healthy local church. And so what we try to help our members do is as you're sharing your faith with your friends, your coworkers, your family members, when they hear this message, then, then you bring them. And then we'll grow. The, the goal isn't just bring your friends to church. The goal is ha- have a fantastic relationship with Jesus that you're so passionately in love with him that you want to share this with other people. And when they fall in love with Jesus, say, hey, by the way, you need to be in a church. And then bring them. So it's, it's, it's growth that way. We never set out to, as a primary goal to grow. We, don't, we, we want to grow um, I think we should grow. And if we're healthy, we'll grow. We want to see more influence. We want to see more impact in the city for good. Um, and part of that is getting bigger and, and having more influence and having synergy and all those things that growth brings. But honestly, that is never the primary goal. And, and And everything we do is not with a view towards simply numerical growth. Because numerical growth doesn't necessarily mean you're a healthy church. There's several, not that I'll name them, but there are several churches in America that are huge, and I wouldn't say that they're healthy. And their health does not equal big. Um, I want us to grow. I want us to be big, but not for the sake of being big, but for the sake of uh, impacting the kingdom of God.
1: Well, Mark, uh, I appreciate your, your heart and your your faith and your service, and uh, and I appreciate you coming on the show. We wish you the best of luck. Mark Thomas, thank you for joining us.
4: Thanks, Adam. I appreciate
1: it. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. We're in South Carolina at Newberry College. We are proud to have Brian Riddick on our show now. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am fantastic, and I love having fellow uh, radio hosts on this show. You have your own radio show on campus
2: at Newberry College. Tell us about your radio show. Absolutely, It's a wonderful opportunity that are, is given to students at Newberry College. Uh, we get a chance to actually run our own radio show for the semester. Um, we have hour slots. Go in there, you can do it with a co-host. Um, go in there, we can have interviews. Um, just getting people in, hearing us, you know, playing what we want to play, gives us a real branch to experience what it's really like to be on the radio. Okay, now I'm actually bringing you onto the show to talk about
1: a community service uh, philanthropy project. Um, you're actually involved with some great causes on campus. But before we get to that, I want to get back to your radio show. Is this a real signal or is this like an intercom through the dorms? This is a real FM signal. A real, real FM signal. Okay. We're 95.5. Okay. So absolutely. And um, you mentioned you get to play your own music. You get to play your own playlist? Because that's in corporate
2: radio, that doesn't
1: happen, my friend.
2: You get out in the real world, they'll tell you what to play. You get to play what you want, huh? Absolutely. They give us, a, of course, a set of rules, um, what we can play, what we can't play, kind of guidelines.
1: All right. Well, uh, what is the goal then uh, with your radio or communications degree and your radio experience now at Newberry College? What's the goal for you? What do you want to do with your life? Um, I actually
2: like to get um, doing the radio shows, just something on the side, too. Um, but I'd love to look and doing that further, but maybe more with like sports entertainment. <laughs> Um, so getting involved with working with arenas, working with um, getting out there with NFL, NBA, um, all along the lines. So. Excellent. Okay, well, we wish you the best of luck from a broadcast, entertainment point of view. Now to
1: your philanthropy, your uh, community service. You were telling me off mike about um, a breakfast
2: that you're a part of that raises a lot of money for a good cause. What is this? Absolutely, we do it. The um, it's uh, we do a annual breast cancer breakfast. Uh, we do it at homecoming each year. Um, we had a one of our brothers that his uh, mother fought with breast cancer, so um, luckily she's still around with us and survived, which is the thing, great to all the technology that they're getting out there to help with breast cancer. Um, but we do a breast cancer breakfast. Um, we get out there, we cook ourselves, um, do meals. Alumni come, parents, friends, family, and come out early just to support a great cause and raise money. What's on the menu? My uh, stomach is grumbling. Absolutely. Pancakes, sausage, uh, eggs bacon anything you can imagine to breakfast so we just get out there we do it outside griddles right there in front of everybody too so
1: cool okay and uh, how many years have you been doing this how much money is raised for breast cancer awareness um we
2: raise uh, probably a few thousand um each year um but then we do um uh we do we sit there um and we present a check at um, halftime, so we've done that for a couple of years. And like just one of those big jumbo checks everybody loves to see, but <laughs> getting out there and present it. So we actually have had a representative come down before and present it to them also.
1: And this is through your fraternity, the uh, K.A. chapter at Newberry College. Yes, sir. All right, well, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Good luck with your radio career. Best of luck with the, uh, the eggs and bacon for charity. And um, we thank you for your community service. And not only are we impressed with the money raised, but we're also impressed to just hear stories of of how people get involved because it inspires the rest of us to get involved in our communities too. So thank you very much, Brian. It was great to meet you and have you
0: on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.